another episode of the Unlearning Podcast. My name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and I am your host, your guide, and your biggest cheerleader on your unlearning journey. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. The Unlearning Podcast is all about helping you learn to love Jesus and your neighbor through healthy, life-giving Christian theology. We have three types of shows on this podcast, the weekly deconstruction episode, helping you unlearn unhealthy theology. We also have the briefing news and events from a progressive Christian worldview. And then we have this show, which is called Friday Field Notes. The Friday Field Notes episode is all about reconstruction and helping you build yourself and your faith after a season of stepping away. So now I know you probably saw the title of today's show and thought, what in the world is Lex Orandi and Lex Credendi? It's actually a really cool phrase (laughs) that we're going to focus on today. And and I'm I'm excited to share this with you. Lex Orandi and Lex Credendi is a Latin phrase that means the law of prayer is the law of belief. I'll say that again. The law of prayer is the law of belief. Or as Scott Gunn and Melody Shobe put it, you are what you pray. For the longest time, I saw prayer as this almost monetary exchange with God. The more I prayed, the more I thought God should turn me into some sort of amazing moral person that reflects something like Jesus. But it doesn't really work that way, you know? And when I would go to service, the people who read prayers oftentimes felt so detached from what they were actually saying. It was like they didn't really believe what they were saying. And it didn't really mean a lot to me. But the Episcopal Church sees prayer a little differently. It's actually quite beautiful. In the book, Walk in Love, Episcopal Beliefs and Practices, authors Scott Gunn and Melody wilson Shoby wrote, and I quote, the more we pray something, the more deeply it becomes part of us. We are shaped by the prayers that we pray as both the act of prayer and the content of those prayers and how they inform how we think about ourselves in the world. End quote. Now, I know that may not sound super profound, but think about it. Understanding prayer as something that shapes you, as something that you are shaped by, puts a lot of emphasis on the content of your prayers and your intentions behind them. I'm so grateful that there are many ways to pray. You can pray through spontaneous prayer, like praying throughout the day. You can pray through song, singing to God, your hymns or gospel songs. I'm actually really intentionally trying to do more of that, especially after work, because it's a great way to de-stress, but it also feels good to praise God for all of the blessings that happened that day. You can pray the Bible, which I love, (laughs) or you can also pray by following along with the written prayers, prayers from a liturgy book or the Book of Common Prayer, or the Valley of Vision. Now, I know many of us have put down the Puritan prayer book, the Valley of Vision, but I still love that song by Sovereign Grace. I think it's beautiful. The Episcopal Church uses the Book of Common Prayer to help provide prayers and to structure their worship services. The Book of Common Prayer is actually really wonderful, and it's a historical book that was first published under the leadership of Thomas Cranmer in 1549. You see, 
At that time in church history, services were mostly done in Latin. And so the average person did not understand what was being said or or prayed or preached. The Book of Common Prayer was created by Thomas, the Archbishop of Canterbury, in order to provide Christian prayers in English in the native language. Now, obviously, there have been major edits to the book over the last 500 years. The these and thous have been edited several times, and and some new prayers have been added since 1549. But the Book of Common Prayer still stands as this amazing book of prayers that everyone in the Anglican or an Episcopal Church uses to this day. The Book of Common Prayer allows people to remain connected through prayer to a tradition that spans over 500 years. Gunn and Shobi describe the power of this tradition as, and I quote, it stretches through time and is passed down from generation to generation. I love that. I love the idea that I could be reading something that is so old and so powerful that it stretches through time. It's just as meaningful today as it was in Cranmer's time. And it's the same prayer that Christians before me have prayed. It's also interesting to note that Catholics and Episcopalians use their bodies to pray. Almost every Catholic or Episcopalian church has a bar you can pull down in the pew to say your prayers. There's also padding at the chancel or at the front of the worship space for people to sit down or sit on their knees as they wait to receive communion. You see, I never really understood why that was happening. But now that I've spent time in these worship spaces, I understand that the intentionality behind kneeling is to engage your whole self in prayer, your mind, your heart, and your body. I've been attending a lot of Episcopal churches lately, and I really like kneeling in prayer and during communion. There's something wonderfully engaging about kneeling. It takes me out of my head, off my to-do list, and off of what I'm eating for lunch, and it brings me back to the sanctuary in a community with Jesus. It feels wonderfully sacred, and so I highly recommend you try it. Engaging your body with your heart and mind in prayer is practicing lex orandi, lex credendi. You are what you pray. If you kneel in prayer, you make it so that you are physically and spiritually ready to receive God's care. If your whole self is in prayer and you pray the beautiful prayers found in Psalms or in the Book of Common Prayer or in your own prayer book, over time, you become what you are praying about to God. Spontaneous prayer is still a very good thing. Please continue to think about how you can practice what Paul describes as praying without ceasing. But don't limit your prayer life to simply that. Lex orandi and lex credendi. You are what you pray. And so bring your whole self to prayer and expand what you pray to open yourself up to your connection to other Christians of the past. Before I close, I want to share one of the prayers that I found in the Book of Common Prayer. It's found on page 58, and it's quite beautiful. I think this prayer will give you a good sense of what a prayer book can offer. I also going to tweak a little bit of the language to make it a little less patriarchal. And so if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. Allow me to pray on your behalf. This is called the General Thanksgiving. Almighty God, Mother of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all humanity. 
We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for thine inestimable love. In the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with Thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. And I plan on reading that every day for a while, to kind of allow that prayer to get in me, to be in me, and for that to be my intention towards God. I also want to encourage you, if you have children, feel free to create your own prayer book. I think that would be really cool because you could collect prayers as the kids grow up and that could be something that you, as a family, pray over and over and over again, even if their prayer is written by five-year-olds or 15-year-olds. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Friday Field Notes. Until next time, my name is Ashley Lynn Hanks and you are listening to the Unlearning Podcast. Podcast.